Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is feminism, politics, and other hot topics. Let's do this. Did you know that Kinda Dating Now has merch? Yep, we collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. Hey, hey, friends, I'm Natasha Chandel, and you're listening to Kinda Dating. So... Have we been asleep on wokeness here on the podcast? We don't think so, but today we wanted to take a more pointed approach. A mere few years ago, the values we considered important in finding a boo were how close they were to their family or if they were rude to waiters. But now, in an increasingly divided world, we got to think about who they voted for, their views on social justice issues, and do they drive an eco-friendly car? Because It begs the question, are we progressing or regressing and becoming more closed off? That's what this episode tackles. Uh, Before we get into it, though, I have Aisha here with us. What up? Driving an eco-conscious car over here. Yeah, right? (laughs) Hybrids. Hello, Toyota Prius. Yes. I've been ready. Right? And they're cheaper. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, friends, if uh, you like today's episode, please remember to tell your friends and also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star rating or review. We would be very grateful. We're also on social media. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. Aisha, where are you at? I am at Aisha Says Dance wherever social media is sold. <laughs> and it's not sold anywhere, so you get it for free. <laughs> Get Aisha for free. Um, <laughs> I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha dot Chandel on TikTok. Um, we also have merch available for Kind of Dating. So please support an independent podcast and uh, get merch. It's available at our store on tpublic.com. It's in the description of this episode. We're going to jump in because there's a lot to talk about. Um, we have my friend, comedian, host, speaker, and you know him as the funny Indian, Rajiv Satyal. What's up, buddy? It is good to be here. Thank you for having me, Natasha. Yeah, and I was just on your show, uh, Desi Chain, which is so funny. You want to tell people about it? Yeah, and hi, Aisha, as well. I want to say hello to both of you. And yeah, so I'm running this game show on Facebook called Desi Chain, D-E-S-I, Chain, C-H-A-I-N. And you just go to facebook.com slash Desi Chain every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and you can watch some craziness go down. Basically, what you have is you've got a Desi person, and Desi is really just our term for South Asian. So it's the term that Desi's used to describe other Desi's. Usually, if you're not Desi, you don't know what that is. You're like, what's Desi? What's DC? What, what is that? And we, we essentially, we have... Two, they see people, two South Asians who are trying to find another South Asian somewhere in the world. 
and they cannot use Facebook, they cannot use Google, and they just use their personal network. So you go, all right, it's Abu Bakr Khan, or it's Kabir Chopra, or it's this person, and you get to know their name, their age, and where they are. And then they filled out a lot of other information. When did they go to high school? Where did they go? Some fun facts. What do they do? Who, what's their mom's name? Whatever, if you want to use the auntie network and all that stuff. So it is super fun to watch people pull people into a Zoom and get to this chosen one. And really, the soul of the show is all about connection. And during this time, we need it more than ever. So that's what They See Chain is all about. And it was very fun. I was the chosen one on your oh. show. We broke a record. Thanks to this podcast. Wow. Somebody <laughs> tracked me down very quickly because Rajiv let it slip that he was coming on my podcast. Ah, and they said, an Natasha <laughs> podcast. And people knew. I was like, wow, people know kind of dating. <laughs> How fun. That's it. You're a public happy. figure, Natasha. That's what we were, uh, we were, they got to you so quickly, but they got to you fast. I think it was like 14 minutes. Usually it's an hour long show and they got to you. Wow. Bam. Yeah. Done. I get around, Raji. That's uh, as long as that takes more than 14 minutes. You know, you'd be surprised. Guys really don't last that long. Let's not kid ourselves. And that's not a bad thing. Girls don't want you to last for that long either. We're sometimes like, all right, okay, get it done. It's over. What's the ideal number of minutes? You know, I've never counted, but a half hour is too long. Yeah, for real. You think a half hour, Aisha, of getting pounded? I know it sounds fun. I mean, I guess it depends on... Oh, you yeah. don't know it. <laughs> I mean, you got to do other things. That's the thing. It should uh, the experience well, yeah. should last. But okay. I'm saying, like, actual sex for a half hour. Like, try try counting. The next time, I want everybody to actually look at their clo- like their phone <laughs> when it starts to when it ends. And it, if you are somehow over 20 minutes, you are uh, you guys are fucking legends. But I I fucking doubt it because in our heads we're like this went for an hour, and then you look down and you go, oh, it's relativity, Absolutely. space right. and time, black right. holes. <laughs> also, there there's an there are actual TikTok videos about this. I know I'm going down a rabbit hole now, but um, people think that they're having sex a lot longer than they are, and some doctors have like released the stats. Of like that people really don't have sex for more than like 11 minutes. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, I could believe that. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. I, that was not, that's not what this topic is. But yeah, it is luckily a hot topic. that's not what this week is about. It's a hot topic. I used to ask him the first question. Right. First question we ask everybody is, are you single or in a relationship? In a relationship, I am happily married oh. to my wife, Hersha, and we live here in Burbank, California. Nice. Uh, how long have you guys been married? Six years. Ah, that's a long ass time. Were you dating a long time before? I don't know why that matters. I just, I'm just curious. I think it does matter. I don't know. I mean, it's not a value judgment. It's just more interesting to know because when we met on OkCupid, we met online and I spent some time with her and proposed. My friends practically did an intervention because she was in Austin. I was in LA. People were like, how many hours have you spent with this woman? Do you really know her that well? I go, hey, when you know, you know. So we didn't date that long. We were five months long distance and I proposed. Wow. That's like- That's crazy. Very. (laughs) And it's worked. God bless. Look at that. There's hope for us all. 
Yes. There's hope because uh, I, I I didn't get married till I was 38 and I had been looking for a while and I had no success with online dating. And then I met my wife and the joke I always do is I had no success, found my wife. I'm like a vegan who only eats steak. Just right to the top, <laughs> zero to 100 real quick, right? Do you, uh, do you do drugs? Just heroin, man. I don't mess with yep. marijuana. Just right to the top. Just like, get me some fentanyl. Give me the love wife. it. Love it. Uh, yeah. You know, like you said, when you know. Uh, so, you know, you kind of semi missed the wave, you know, of wokeism mm. and, and now I, I feel like entirely. with dating, I missed it entirely. I feel like that's, it's pretty new. Mm-hmm. It is very new. You would probably, I mean, how long do you think Aish? Probably within the last two years, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two to three. Yeah. Two years, I think. I would right. say like me too was probably the first big thing. And then obviously 2020 just. Right. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything went. Yeah. And Me Too was more 2017 because it was mm-hmm. a backlash to the backlash. And I loathe number 45, the president, more than probably anything or anybody. I absolutely hate that man. But I always say that I don't think Me Too would have risen without him. I think we needed that backlash. We needed yeah. him to be the face of getting away with so much shit mm-hmm. for us to rise up and go, all right, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, dating is, like I was mentioning, complicated enough of thinking of, okay, do they match all these regular things that we've been used to? But now it's like, oh my God, you like someone and then you find out, shit, they don't align with me on social justice issues. And so I really wanted to break down and talk about some of these and, you know, how they've evolved and, and Get your opinion on if if we think, and I love that we're all in different phases of the the dating life. You know, I, as far as I know, I used to still a little single and mingling, and you know, I'm in a relationship, but dating, and you're married. So this is a great, you know, you can hear from three very distinct points of view of are these actually important for longevity or not. And uh, some might seem obvious and some might not. Um, let's start with feminism because, you know, feminism is obviously a, uh, a big topic. It's, there are waves of it that have been going on for, for decades. The criticism I hear a lot. So I posted a video um, on my reels and TikTok where I said, uh, and it was a joke video. God, people take shit so seriously. But yes, it was it was a, a video because we have a dating podcast. So I just said, um, you know, guys always say they want a smart, independent woman until she starts making more money. She has her own thoughts. She doesn't follow the rules, blah, blah, blah. And a bunch of guys wrote, why would a guy want any of this? And, and some people very openly said, um, you know, the problem is women are too masculine nowadays um, and that they, you know, I ended up having a whole back and forth with a person who was saying, I mean, I'm fine with my my girl's friends being very independent and whatever, but I don't want her to. And they kept associating it with disrespect. They kept saying, no man wants a woman to disrespect them. And I was like, I don't know how somebody make, having her own thoughts is disrespectful or making more money is disrespectful. So what do you think about that, Rajiv? As a guy, tell us. 
I think that's an important thing to understand is I am a man, okay? I am a male and I'm older. I'm in my 40s and I always allow for that. I say, look, I always have defaulted as a kid and up to now saying, what do the youth say? That is the future. That's where we need to be. We need to look at what next gen is. I'm getting up there in age. I need to tap in, tap, tap, tap in to what's happening, to what's going on with the youth. Like that's an important thing for me to be able to do. And, you know, that said, I think you also want to, you have your own thoughts. You were formed when you're formed. And we all come up in, you know, the cisgendered racist patriarchy. And we are. So we are all of that. So when people say it's internalized racism, I'm like, no, that's still racism. You can call it internalized. But you're right. We all swim in that water. We swim in very masculine, chauvinistic, sometimes misogynistic water. So I think we have to understand that we are all acclimatized that way. So I, I say that with all of that background and not to just say, hey, now let me just say a bunch of crap. But I think I, I do believe all of that. That said, I mean, respect is overrated. Okay. I mean, I, I think when people are like, man, y'all need to respect me. I'm like, respect yourself. That's really all the respect you need. Okay. It, you know, they always say that respect, you, you don't demand it, you command it. So when you walk into the room, you know, if you're respecting yourself and you're giving yourself that love, you know, I've heard that from men like, man, just don't disrespect me. And, you know, I remember somebody said that to me in college. Now I went to college in the nineties and there was this man talking about, I mean, I say now I say man and woman for, I guess anything, you know, with all due respect to the gender spectrum, anything 18 or above, but I'm like, okay, they're still boys and girls. It's just so funny to say, you know, a 19 year old man, that's just a weird thing, but I don't think there is such a thing. I I don't think women really become, I think girls become women around 32 and boys become men around like 52. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's, you know, but this guy was like 20 years old. And he just said something about like, all, all she has to do, man, she just has to respect me. Indian man, you know? And, I, and then the conversation went to like, what, what can she do? Nah, what do you want? And he goes, well, she can't eat meat in the house. I'm like, why? And he goes, well, I'm a vegetarian. And that's just about respect. I'm like, okay, well, then respect is this overarching thing that you're packing a lot of shit into, man. Like, that's a lot. Now, you're just basically saying she has to do whatever you tell her to do or not to do. I think where does your line of self-respect or her line of self-respect, you know, where does that start and stop? So I I personally feel like if a man is secure, you know, mm-hmm. confidence comes from security and arrogance comes from insecurity. So anything she does that's big or small is going to tip you off if you're not confident. That's a great point. I mean, Aisha, have you heard this? Or I saw you were like really shocked, you know, that people can't see that, but of the the accusation that women have become too masculine nowadays. Yeah, that, oh man, that is just, it's just crazy to me. I don't know. As a very, very independent woman, I probably would fall under that, whatever that they're trying to say. But ugh, there's just so much to unpack there. It's like, first of all, what does that even mean? What does somebody with their own thoughts, how is that a masculine trait? And then in your mind, what's a feminine trait? Someone who doesn't know so it's like, Oh my God, there's just so much to unpack there. It's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was, I, that was the argument uh, or debate. I shouldn't say it's not an argument, a debate I was having with um, an Instagram commenter who was saying, you know, this is very, <laughs> Reggie Black. I love, that. I love holding- that identification. This person's an Instagram commenter. That's all of us. <laughs> um, where, you know, they were saying uh, all these traits are very masculine 
and somehow that it was wrong. So I basically asked him the question. I said, so what are you you're either saying that these traits being masculine makes these traits wrong, which would mean being masculine is wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Like, d- does that make sense? Like, I think they're saying they're, you don't wear it well. They're saying that's fine for a man to do it. It's not yes. okay for a woman to do it. Exactly. Basically, that's what they're saying. Yeah. And so it, it, it's a it's a crazy concept. That said, that said, I think I understand if I'm if I'm being devil's advocate of removing the layers around it, where maybe what they're trying to say is like I try to put I try to think of myself. There was a time. Sure. Where when I was first learning about being independent, it came from um, a protective place where I was it was self-defense. You know, guys had taken advantage of me. Um, I had gotten in bad relationships. So I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to make my own money. I don't need anybody's help. I don't want to blah, 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 because I don't want anybody to fuck my life over again. So it came from a place of self-defense. And in doing that, I remember being the girl who wouldn't let a guy open a door for her or hold my bags because I was like, I can do it. Now that I don't like. So most right. men don't like that. So and I'm, I can't so speak for So is that men. masculine? Well, it's just because I think I've, I've long said it this way that I, and, and so the, to the point about coming from, uh, from uh, insecurity or security from, from some bad experiences that you had, right? So that's not mm-hmm. necessarily to put it on you. But I dated a woman who, after we unpacked it for about a year of what her problem was, we finally got to the point, and she didn't dispute this point, was like, she just kind of hated men. And, you know, <laughs> she had been taken advantage of financially, sexually, up in her space, whatever things she'd been uh, professionally at work, like three pretty serious examples in different realms of her life where I said, I would probably feel that way too if I were a woman or if I, I, I'm a man and if I had been taken advantage of by women, I would probably get to the point where I'm like, I, I, man, I don't like women or whatever, whatever. So, I mean, it, it's not a question of whose fault it is. But I think one of the hardest things for people to understand is like, it's not your fault, but it's your problem. Mm. And that's a hard thing for people to digest. Like, it's not your fault, but it's your problem, right? If you're, if you're on the sidewalk and somebody, some car goes by and splashes water all over you, well, it's not your fault, but now it's your problem. Now you're wet and it's cold and you got to go, you don't just go, well, it wasn't my fault. So I'm not wet. It's like, no, you are wet. You need to go like get cleaned up. Like, what do you want? So I'm not, I'm not putting it on her or anyone else, but I, I generally don't like it when anybody uh, asserts their independence. I assume you're independent. I assume I'm going to respect you. I assume like we're, my wife and I are co-equal partners in this thing. If she were to say, hey man, this is my money, blah, blah, blah. That would be a turnoff to me because I'm like, of course it's it's our money. Like it's it, everything is ours. I can do whatever I want. You can do whatever you want. We, we talk about this stuff, whatever. But if you keep saying it, you know, it's like that was assumed. I, I wasn't, I was, I was assuming we're on the same playing field. Yeah, uh, that's that's exactly, you know, where I feel like I am with, with my boyfriend, you know. The reason it works so well is, of course, I came out of that phase where it was, I think the intention or motivation behind behavior is very important, like you said, Rajiv, you know. And so the idea of like that came from a place of self-protection. And then as I grew grew stronger in myself, I realized, oh, I don't need self-protection. I know now when and when I need help and when I don't need help, simply put. So 
now, like, my boyfriend will take my bags or open doors. He's a very, you know, polite European. And I am like, I can do a baby. And he's like, I'll do it. I'm like, all right, take it. Because <laughs> now I'm like, I know I can. But I, I also, like, don't need to. And he, it makes him feel like he's contributing and that's something he likes. So I'm like, sure, like, feel like you're taking care of me. And and I think something he and I have talked a lot about is that there are areas where he is the alpha. You know, there are areas where he is, he takes control of the situation. And then there are areas where I take control of the situation mm-hmm. and I'm alpha and he's cool with it. And the idea is nobody looks at the other as superior, inferior. I think that's what the core of feminism is, is not just that it's, it really is that level of equality that nobody should be deemed, like, why do we assume masculinity means superiority Mm -hmm. or femininity means inferiority? And that's where I think the problem comes because it really shouldn't, like, we all have masculine and feminine energy in us, traits in us, men cry. That doesn't make it that they're weak or, you know, those are are feminine traits. Like, I think that's where the the problem comes. Crying might be different, but I I think that, uh, well, though it's funny because, like, I remember, I mean, I can only cry from two sources. I can cry if I even imagine something happening to a loved one of mine. So like if I just, you know, as an actor too or whatever, it's like if I imagine something happening to like my parents, I can cry from that. And I've cried myself to sleep. I've cried in dreams, whatever. It's like, dude, that's just so painful to even... And then I've cried from breakups, right? But I can't cry from my job. I can't cry from like some somebody cutting me off in traffic. Like I it, I, it just can't. It just, it would be a weird thing for me to cry over. I don't, I just don't understand. But there was a woman... Um, in San Francisco, who told me almost kind of offhand, we were several of us were having a discussion at this restaurant, and she said, "Well, no traits are anywhere on the gender spectrum. Everybody's everything." And I had never heard that before. This is probably seven, eight years ago, and maybe ten years ago. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And I, I didn't agree or disagree. I just hadn't heard that. And I was going, she goes, yeah, women can be this, men can be that. Now, that said, I think that there, there's biology and there's sociology, right? So I think the nurturing aspect, when you hear women are more nurturing, and that's a common refrain you hear, that doesn't mean all women are nurturing. It doesn't mean all men are not. But yes, that tends to be that women are more nurturing than men. Yeah, I think that that's generally societally and biologically accepted. But I don't know. I, I also think those are the differences between sex and gender, right? So gender, there could be infinite genders. Right now, I think there are like 57 of them listed in California, and that's fine. Define yourself however you'd like. But I think with sex, it's literally male or female. Like you either are impregnating someone who can have a kid or you can have a kid. And so I think we're, we're getting mixed up getting it twisted in the science aspect and liberals and left always kind of owned science. And we said, well, people on the right, man, they're just so religious. And they're just like, they're not listening to like when they talk about abortion, all they do is talk about soul. They're not talking about the science of it, whatever. But then we fell right into the same trap by saying, well, you get to pick your sex. It's like, well, you don't get to pick your sex. You can, you can identify with your gender, but just like Rachel Dolezal up in Seattle saying, Hey, I'm a black woman. It's like, you're not, you are, you are biologically not a black woman. You can, you can act black, whatever that is. You can say that, but I don't think that you can say you're black because you clearly are ethnically not. You can go to 23andMe or Ancestry.com and you're not. So I think I would imagine that a lot of people were offended by that because they're just like, well, you're not. I don't know where you're trying to be this. So I think it's a similar thing that sex is a different thing from gender. And I think we're getting that twisted. 
I I agree, but I also just think a big problem is that we associate a power dynamic to these traits. Like it doesn't, isn't that really what it comes down to? Like who cares who is nurturing? I don't give a shit if a man is nurturing or a woman is nurturing or where it comes from. It's that somehow we have deemed nurturing means weak. And oh, we I have, think of it as know, strong. That's funny. That's interesting. No, I, I, you might think that, but I would say most people huh. assume because women are nurturing, they can't lead. You know, or women are emotional. So, I mean, that's what that the whole argument with Hillary huh. Clinton was, wasn't it? That oh, she's she's emotional, so she won't be able to be a leader. And <laughs> for somebody so like wow. me, I am a pretty pragmatic type of personality, I guess. Um, and. Every guy I've dated, Aisha has seen this. They've come on the podcast and my exes have said, oh, Tash thinks like a guy. And I would always, like, mentally, I'm like, well, what part of that makes it a guy that I'm logical? And that's what they kept associating. Oh, logic means it's a masculine trait, which means okay. that's why she's, you know. And then I'd be like, well, okay, yeah, women are that. really logical to me. I could tell you more men I've seen cry yeah. to my face than women. And I'm just always like, you know, everybody who says like women are emotional. I'm like, no, men are pretty. In my emotional life, too. I've I've seen grown ass men break down just because I said no to a date, or or anger. Well, I would cry too if Natasha you rejected me. That's a bad example. Come no, on, but you, if you, no, you, you, not you, if you don't know the girl. person. Like, it's fucking on. weird. No, I don't think that'd be the way to get you. But at least it, at least I'd be admitting something, you know, in front of you. But Rajiv, do you, is it understandable? why you'd want to maybe find a partner. And Aisha, I'm curious about your thoughts too. Is it understandable to want, because, you know, we I, we identify as women and like, is it understandable to want a partner with similar beliefs in this area about feminism? Or is that, has it ever played a part, Rajiv, in your marriage? Like, does is it, is it, would it make a difference? Aisha, you want to go first? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> It, I would say as of now, it hasn't really come up, but it definitely is 100% important, um, especially when dating men. Like, if I'm dating a guy, that's like bare minimum. I can't have one of these Instagram commenters talking about, oh, she needs to respect me and like, what? Not have a job, I guess? I don't know. That is too much for me. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, very yeah. Fair. I I hear that. I mean, it hasn't come up between Hersha and me. Hersha is very, I don't know, man. She's perfect in a lot of ways. I know people say that about their spouses, but I mean, she is really supportive. Uh, but she also she does very well in her career. I always said before I got married, I did not think I could marry a woman who made more money than I did. I was pretty open about that. Just and I said that taps into my own insecurity and taps into my own degree of competitiveness. I'm not saying all men should make more money than all of their women partners, but I just said, I don't know if I can do it. Well, guess what? I married a woman that made more money than I did. And you know, there have been years where that's been true and years where that's not been true, but nothing changes. Like, I'm just competitive. I just want to win. And that doesn't mean anything. Like, I, if we're playing ping pong, I want to kick your ass in ping pong. I don't look at you differently going, oh, well, I'm, I'm better than you because I beat you at this. It's like, no, I just want to win, dude. I'm just, I'm a competitive person. So I want to make more money. I want to be this. I want to be that, whatever. But that said, I, I, I think politically, we line up almost perfectly. And 
during the, you know, the Trump years, I remember turning to her early and just said, gosh, if we disagreed on this, I couldn't be with you. Like if you were a Trump person, I could not stay married to you. And I know that's a big statement to make, but yeah. I couldn't do it. And my, my parents are lifelong Democrats. My dad became a Republican uh, during, he was the only person I knew who didn't like Bush and then didn't like Obama. And I'm like, that's really weird because either you liked one or the other usually. And then he didn't like Obama and then he liked Trump. And I was like, what Oh my God, happened? that's my dad too. What happened? Exactly yeah. that. A lifelong Democrat who yeah. suddenly during Trump's time turned conservative. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it, it has been very hard for my mom, especially during COVID and whatever else too. But my dad has become much more like gone way to the right. My mom is still pretty left and, you know, not left, but probably moderate like I am. And, uh, but I, they've had some epic battles over it. And I, you know, a lot of that stems though. I think Trump tapped into that masculine, the toxic masculinity. And I'm, I'm careful yes. with that term because I don't think all masculinity is toxic. I think it's great. I'm glad that I'm a man and I'm very happy to be, and I'm happy to have male energy and all that stuff. I, I don't apologize for it, but I think there is a toxicity to anything probably. And I think that you know, a lot of South Asian men, a lot of Indian men are very, espouse a lot of the traits you've described. And that's probably true for a lot of communities, but certainly ours is extremely patriarchal, ex extremely, uh, extremely sexist. I mean, if you just hear the way that men and that generation talk, but it's odd because when I hear like a woman can't, whatever, that's what I said to Hersha. I said, I'm not, it's not that I'd like cancel those men out of my life. I don't know men who talk like that. I don't like, I'm not trying to be like when, when locker room talk came out and Trump was like, that's a men in locker room. Talk. I go, I've been in a locker room a lot and I have not heard men talk that way. They just, they just don't. And it, like men will check other men and just be like, brah, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know who these men are, these Instagram commenters. Cause I feel like I'm, fr I have a lot of friends and I, and I've, I've gone through a lot with a lot, a lot of my homies and I've never, I don't hear that kind of misogyny. I don't hear like, man, F all these bitches. And I'm like, Wow, I don't who are these guys? You are living oh, in a wonderful place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was gonna say, you know, I there are it. a lot. Yeah, with my own guy friends. And played into it before, before I was like more woke, you know. And before you know, there was a time when that kind of talk was totally a-okay. <laughs> and it still is in like music and stuff. If you listen, it's it's very it's hard for me to listen to like male rappers more and more now because I'm just like, God damn it. Yeah. But, but that's the only way that we win is that women have to go there too, like Cardi and, and Megan and, and Nikki, and they have to come out and, and it's like sure. porn. If you've, if you've seen how porn has changed, it's become more like, oh, don't do that to like, you know, blow it all over my face. And it's like that that's become like a way for women to take charge. And men don't like that. I don't think. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Can... I mean, and and. <laughs> and it is shocking to me. You you literally said the point that I was thinking when whenever I post a video and just not fuck the videos, like any life experience Anything. leading up to this, I have heard the most insane things. It's also like how when, you know, when I explain to people the microaggressions I've heard as an Indian, mm -hmm. people are like, nobody talks like that. And I'm always like, what? Am I just imagining this fucking shit? Can you give shit? an example? Like, I mean, I've seen your videos, but. Well, even even little things of like, I've had friends and just guys who tried to date me, just send me no, no caption pictures of them eating Indian food. Mm. Like from an Indian restaurant. And I'm like, what? 
what would you like me to do with that? Or, you know, people who namaste me all the time. Like, it's like, I've never said that. I, like, but do you think namaste is a microaggression? I yes. honestly do, because to me, it's like, and Aisha, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I have I have said this in my standup where to me, it's like somebody, yo, what's up being a black guy? It's like, you know, guys always see like, people will always see like a, a black guy. And this, this is what happened to my exes in the past. They would see them and be like, hi to me. And then be like, yo, man, what's up? Like suddenly like with the swaggy talk and like. Oh, that yeah. yeah. Okay. That to me they know is not how cool. To, yeah, because but I, I say me, yo and uh, son a lot. But when I meet right. a black person for the first time, I specifically don't say that because they don't know me. They're probably like, oh, he's saying yo and son because I'm black. And I'm like, no, you don't know. I talk that way. I call my mom bro. Like I just talk that way. Right. But I don't talk black. It's just, I just say that. I'm like, yo, fam. And people are just like, if they saw me do that the first time, they're like, dude, don't do that. But I'm like, no, I do it. Different. But I go the other way just to make sure that you don't think that's what I'm doing. But I feel like namaste, I guess maybe it's the intent to me. Well, it's, it's, namaste, it's again, I just think it's they're the, just I, trying to, I don't know. It's I, I whenever, guess. no, no, I'm not saying it's ill-intentioned. I'm not yeah. saying that microaggressions are usually not meant to offend yeah. you, but they're offensive. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I yeah. did a video on oh, when somebody says, oh, you're pretty for an Indian girl. That's a big one I've heard. And oh. I'm always like, should I Google like all the fucking Bollywood actresses who are like a million times? I, 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 I did this joke though back in the day. I don't know if I'm still doing it. Though. I, I still I still like it. Women liked it probably even more than men did because I, I I think the guys only laugh when the girls did. But I said, you know, I said, why is it that women, well, what's up with the Indian women? I was like, if you want to, if you want to uh, compliment one, all you have to do is tell them they don't look Indian. They're like, oh my God, you're so pretty. You don't look Indian. They're like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, what is that? Why? That was like 10, 12 years ago. It was true. That, that joke now wouldn't work. But 10 yeah. to 15 years ago, it killed. And because Indian women were like, yeah, they they would say it that way. They would be the other side of that joke, the, the other side of the perspective you're getting right now. But that's so bizarre. I've always been offended when people said that. I mean, I had an ex who said to me, oh, you know, I know you're Indian, but you're more like a white girl. And I was like, excuse me? I'm like, my dad is like an astrologer. Like, I'm super into Indian culture. I've always, like, fucking created content that has to do with, like, being Indian and Indian characters. I'm not. I'm very proud to be who I am. I just don't understand what that meant. Like, do I need to be wearing a bindi? Do I need to speak in an Indian accent? Like, for me to be what you deem Indian enough or whatever. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into like the fucking weird microaggression, but it's that idea of like people don't believe that it happens to us right. and guys don't believe that they're, they're like, who guy talks like oh, this? Oh, I believe it. Like, oh, I, yeah. I just, I don't, yeah. I, I guess I'm just, I'm not exposed to like, I mean, I guess I'm just, I'm thinking about the times where I've been very vulnerable with guys where we're, we're post breakup or we're like sitting there, whatever, late at night and just debriefing, talking about the world's problems and, or we're talking about women or whatever. It's like, I don't, especially with like women at work when they're like, well, a lot of men don't, because my wife says that she's like, cause she also worked at the DOD and in the military and whatever. And she's a pharmacist and that, you know, she's not, uh, she's a civilian. So I don't know, but she, you know, I just go, do men still have those points of view that women can't do these jobs? She goes, Oh yeah. Like all the time. And I go, but based on what? I mean, how do we, do they think you're not as smart? Do they think that like, I go, that doesn't even occur to me. I said, the only part that I could kind of understand when companies make these decisions and it's wrong and they can get sued for it and they can get shut down for it is if women are going to have kids and they're going to leave the position. And she goes, well, that's so wrong. I go, it's wrong, but I understand it. I get it. 
I understand. I understand the logic behind it. I'm not. I'm not defending it, but I get the the argument because even we were on a we take a walk every day, and I said, you know, that's kind of the thing with like white people maybe not wanting, not maybe, not wanting people of color to have the same opportunities, men not wanting women to have the same opportunities. I go, some of this is just rooted in simple numbers. Now they have to compete with people of color. Now they have to compete with women. They have to compete for those jobs. You're seeing that even in Hollywood. I was talking to a white actor this week who was like, Look, the reality is now a, a role that I might have gotten because he doesn't go up for leads. He goes up for more like series regulars and recurrings where he goes, look, now I have to compete with people of color and whatever else. And he wasn't lamenting it, but he wasn't happy about it. Right. It was because it was a it was a it was a pure numbers thing like, oh, crap. Now, instead of competing against 10, I'm competing against 100. So intent matters. If he's like, well, all these people should go back to where they came from. Obviously, that's racism. But if it's more just like, gosh, man, I just got to work a lot harder now. Well, in a way, it's like, well, boo-hoo, you're a white man. You've had it good for so long. But but he hasn't. And that's what's hard about it. It's like, yes, white men have, but not the specific white man who's a nice guy. And so we're going to take an opportunity from him and give it to someone else. It's like, yeah, I guess in the grand scheme of things, whites had it so good that now it's time to like bend it the other way. Well, it's but not that. To know. me, to me, and Aisha, first you speak. I feel like you've been wanting to say something for a bit. Go ahead. No, no, please. You're on a point. I, I'm... Okay. Processing? Well, that was Go. just... Okay. Basically, this... We are... We're living in a world that is very white and very male. So everything... That is the standard. So going even back to the whole... The beauty thing. Like, the European fucking white woman is the beauty standard. Um... I feel like all women of color, especially what you were speaking to, Natasha, have experienced that. Oh, you look blah, blah, blah. You don't look black. You must be. If I hear one more time that I look mixed, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Like, that's the kind of shit that we have to deal with. Because, like, you know, our Afro beauty, our Indian beauty, our Asian beauty isn't enough to, like, be in this fucking world. So that's that. And then the whole masculine thing. Wanting... It's just so deeply rooted and like, and a lot of women perpetrate it too, which is why it just continues because, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of us, we think we belong in this place. So (laughs) it's hard. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I'm curious. I just mean. Which part do women, and I agree with you. I just wanted to to clarify what you meant by that. Well, I mean, we can look at back at Trump, right? How many, what, 45% of white women or some shit voted for him? 52. And it's because. This world that we've been baked in, it's so fucking baked into their psyche that they don't even see that there can be a possibility for for another fucking world. Yeah, I, I think also what has happened and I, I agree with everything, everything you said, I, and, and I think it's it used to be a thing happened. Okay, and so this ties part and parcel in with progressivism and the, the overall theme of the show, because there's a lot in there, which is. It used to be a thing happened in the news, right? And we would understand the facts of that thing. And then we would be able to form an opinion based on it. Now everybody's so turned up, okay, that we have our points of view. We have our lenses through which we see the world. So there's this cisgendered white patriarchy, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then the people who support that, and there's a lot of them, obviously, except for millions being took out and 81 million who voted on the Biden way. And of course, I'm being overly simplistic, but you've got this idea of tear it down, burn it down, blah, 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 whatever, all that stuff. And so anything that happens, it's like 
the Atlanta shootings with the the spa, right? And, I, and Natasha, I started talking about some of this at the Laugh Factory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I wrote a piece on it and whatever. I know that probably rubs the wrong way. What I'm trying to say here, because I'm a moderate, I'm left of center and I'm all in on the progressivism and equal rights and all that. To me, that's, I don't even know why we're having that conversation. To me, it's just like, that's not a conversation. It should just be. Like, why, why is this a battle? It's like the environment. Like, let's just, let's just clean it up. What, what's, the ba- what's the counter-argument? Like, I don't, I don't get it. And then my friend, one of the smartest people I know, said to me, he goes, because what Republicans sell is that you don't have to change anything. Democrats are like, we're going to have to do all this work and the Republicans are like, no, 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 that's America's great. Being white's great. Being a man's great. Just don't just do carry on, do whatever you're doing. He goes, what do you think it's easier to vote for? If I don't want to do shit, I just vote Republican and I don't have to do anything. I could still drive the same car. I don't have to drive an ego, eco-friendly car, all that kind of stuff. So that's what it's appealing to is like having to do the heavy lifting and having to do the work. And that's now, now the thing that happens doesn't matter. What happened with Breonna Taylor? What happened? Most people cannot tell you the facts of that case. They don't know. They just know, they just hear racist cops, whatever, say her name, and it's a platitude, which sure, you're right. We need to make those changes. But then also you have other people saying, well, no, I, I, I'm just not on board with that. I'm like, do you even know what happened? And most people cannot tell you. Same thing with the Atlanta shooting. Same thing with everything. Same with all the stuff that happens, the, immigra- the immigration border, whatever. There's like, People are coming here. It's like, there's asylum, yes, but then there's also overcrowding and both sides have an argument here. It's not like just let everybody in and it's not send everybody out, but people don't want to have the nuanced argument. We live in this like Instagram world of like 30 seconds, give it to me done. They don't want to have the nuanced conversation to unpack it because they also believe that, oh, as soon as you say something that's like, doesn't fit with the world view. They're like, ah, I knew it. You're a chauvinist. I knew that. What, the minute you said you prefer that Hersha makes your chai and you don't want to make it yourself. Okay, I knew it. You're one of them. And I'm like, no, I just think my wife makes better chai and I love it when she serves me chai. But I am down to get my own dinner and go shopping and do whatever else. No, but you said that thing about the chai. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Obviously, all of these topics get us very heated and we have very distinct points of view on it. So, you know, bringing it back to the dating front of, you know, uh, normally they suggest that we don't discuss these things on first dates and early on in relationships. But as you can tell, it's very, very important. Right to to nowadays, I think more than ever. So, what do you guys think is the has that sort of rule changed? Do you think it's good to at least vet out and get some basic information on where the person stands um, in their ideologies when it comes to these kind of social justice issues? I think so. Yeah, just lay it all out there because why waste your time with somebody yeah. who's going to be a fucking complete opposites of what you think down the road. There's no point to that. Just get it out. I, I yeah, wish I could. Cut. Sorry, go ahead, Natasha. Sorry. No, no, please, Reggie. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I wish I could give answers as uh, succinct as Aisha's. Mine, mine are so long and hers, hers are so <laughs> to the point. But no, I mean, I think there we don't live in that world right now. Uh, maybe we'll get back there again. No one knows what the future holds. But right now, we don't live there anymore. We used to live in a place where Republicans and Democrats could get married. And that was fine because it's, it's now part and parcel of pop culture and entertainment and whatever else. It's all rolled into that. It didn't used to be. I'm not saying that's good or bad. It just is more turned up now. So I think it would be hard now. I think I would have those conversations early on. And, you know, just kind of, I don't think it needs to turn into an interview. I think it doesn't need to be a survey. 
but I think that sometimes you just have to kind of ask straight up, like, do you think that, you know, what are your biases? We all have biases. We all have them. So there's no point to be like, well, no, I'm perfect. And I, I think this, it's like, no, come on, man. Like, give, give, give me the dirty stuff. Give me the stuff that like a little bit, and, and that's hard to do on a first date. Although I've had first dates where you have these eight hour conversations and, oh my God, this is just incredible. Right. And then 14 minutes of sex. But yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, that's not my problem. But okay. So I think that good there's- Good callback. Good callback. Yeah, good callback. I, I try. But I think that that's really what it is, is just trying to any more, like Aisha is saying, I echo that, which is you you kind of have to just, before you invest too much time emotionally in this person, um, you know, get down to that nitty gritty because you find out that the person, if you're pro-choice and he's pro-life or whatever, and it's like, that, well, that, that's a pretty serious one because that would, could affect you directly. But let's just say guns, which really don't affect you, but we all have a really strong opinion on them. Uh, you well, know. I was, you know, it's a, you mentioned that and I was going to jump in and say I, that, I my, well, one, my suggestion would be, it you know, I don't you. think we need to talk about this topic on a first date that seriously. I think the way to kind of do it is in a casual way where, you know, maybe it's, so it's not like, an interview where you're sitting there like a job. So tell me, what do you think about race in America? You know, but instead maybe go, oh my God, wasn't it crazy what happened in Atlanta? Uh, and then kind of see what, kind of get get how they would respond to that. And I, I think that's enough of an answer for you and not to, and if they feel like they're completely off of you from you, I don't even think you need to fight them. You could just be like, cool, great. Yeah. Awesome, I gotta go. And- just fucking exit your situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I speak as somebody who did date Republicans. I've dated conservatives and before Trump, pre-Trump era. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, there were people who didn't, you know, one didn't completely believe in climate change. Two were definitely like gun totler, you know, and um and had more you, I don't think any of them. The one thing, none of them were people who, at the time, some of the things that had mattered to me because the others weren't as top of mind were like, they cannot be uh, socially conservative in terms of like, if they don't believe in gay marriage or, you know, those things direct affected me directly with my friends. And so I was like, nope, you can't be in my circle then. But these other things I thought didn't matter, you know, and then I dated a Marine who, when I went to his apartment, had assault rifles all over. And then you talk about somebody who has PTSD and then you have assault rifles all around. And again, not that I was worried, but sometimes you worry. Now I wouldn't be able to do it. Now I say very openly, I don't think I could just because I really am tired of having these discussions and feeling I have to educate somebody or, or constantly, you know, I just don't, I just, I'm tired and I don't want to do it. And I'm not saying people are free to have their own values and beliefs. There's just somebody else out there for you. So my question, Mm -hmm. do you think that's an okay kind of thing? Like, or, or am I canceling people or are people canceling people before giving them a chance? Like, is it okay that we just know what we want now? 
Yeah, because or is it you're that not, we're too woke? You're not canceling. I remember, and this has probably been said in different ways. I was a big fan of the band REM. And I remember when they lost one of their members, somebody said something about they should break up. And then somebody wrote something like, well, I'm not going to question a band's right to exist. And I thought, well, <laughs> that's a really good way of putting it. Like, it's not up to us to, like, it's they're the ones who have been building a band since 1980. Like, I'm not going to tell you, you know, you run DMC shouldn't get back together. Uh, you know, it's like, well, it's not, I don't, I'm not in the band. I'm not in the group. I don't, I don't know. So, I mean, you're not canceling. You're not saying they shouldn't have anybody. You're not saying they don't deserve happiness. Although I think some people don't deserve happiness, but I, I, I think that there, there are times where it's like, no, you, for you yourself, you're not canceling that just for your own personal take. There's no point in, like, I believe that in this country, and I think this is more and more of a, an unpopular opinion. I think we're all ambassadors. I think if you are in, this, in America, in the melting pot, and you're like, well, I don't want to be an ambassador. It's like, well, too bad, don't live here. Because people are going to have questions. And they need to be sensitive and they need to ask. There needs to be permission to have the conversation. So I remember when my wife and I stayed with a black couple in Virginia, and she is a dear friend of mine. In fact, I just did a, a big show for her, uh, her group. And it was all women. And, uh, you know, five, 600 women, but I was hosting it. And I remember when we were staying with them in, in the opening, you know, kind of couple hours, that first night, Friday night, whatever, I could feel the discussion start to go down the path of like, oh, what do y'all think as black folks, right? And so I kind of stopped it. And I was like, by the way, you know, cause she and I were super close. I was like, if you don't want to have this, like, what do black people think about this conversation all weekend? Like stop us in our tracks. And they're like, dude, you're good friends. Like we're, I'm like, I know, but you're probably tired of like giving that point of view. You, you don't have to, we're friends here. We don't have to represent that. But they're like, no, you're curious about this, whatever, all that. And we, we had these super interesting conversations about race and what do Indian folks think about this? And what do black folks think about that? And it was, but I think it's important to, to stop and say, look, let's exit out of this. Let's downshift out of this if you don't want to have this conversation right now. And people just force it on you. Like, yeah, namaste. Here's a picture of my Indian food. Let's talk about that. It's like, no, I can understand how that isn't going to come off. But it's like, hey, could I ask a question? And the, the example I always give is in Skokie, Illinois, I was performing my show, The Man in the Middle, and there was a blizzard, literally a blizzard. And I get to the theater and the uh, the person running it says, okay, just, you know, here's the crew, whatever. And the, the, uh, the tech person is trans and they use the, the pronouns, they and them and, you know, all that. I said, I will do my level best. This is two, two years ago. And I said, I, there's just a lot on my mind. I'm going to do my best. So I met the tech person. Their name is Bex. And, you know, that was also kind of a heart, different name for me. And they look uh, to me like a woman. So during the show, whatever, you know, I thanked them from the stage and I, once or twice I slipped and I said, she, so afterwards, you know, I tracked them down and I just said, oh my God, I'm so sorry that I said, you know, she, instead of her or instead of they. And, 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 and I remember it was a beautiful conversation because they just go, you just did a hundred minute show in a blizzard. Like you've got a lot on your mind. The fact that you are making an effort and that we're having this conversation right now and there's an apology and I'm not taking it that way because I could see where you're coming from. Like this is just some things to keep in mind, blah, blah, blah. It makes me want to get it right, right? If they would have been like, well, you know what? You did slip and that really insulted me, whatever. Maybe it did, but I just went, thank you. And I teared up. I was like, thank you for the understanding 
thank you for enrolling me in this journey because I'm trying to be an ally here. And, you know, like they're, they're just, they're things, I, I generally speak perfect English. So for me to start using they instead of she, it throws me off. I'm just not used to speaking that way. It doesn't mean I'm not down with the cause, but I just need you to hold my hand a little, just help me a little bit through this. So I think all of that said, sometimes you just have to look at a person's heart. Sometimes they slip, like during the whole thing with the, um, BLM, if they called it riot, if they called it riots instead of protests, I was like, you're part of the problem. Those are not riots. Those are protests. By the way, I kind of support riots too, but I would just kind of like, you know, I'd burn it all down is what I say. But I, I, I kind of feel like sometimes you just have to bring people along and you're going to start canceling people instead of making them allies. Cause a lot of people want to be allies. They don't know how. And it's like, go look it up online. It's like, so you want, you'd rather me learn it from Google than from you who, is trans or who is Indian, like you're my friend, please help me understand. And I understand that you don't want to have that conversation 100% of the time, but I'm trying to help. How do I be an ally? That's yeah, a very good I mean, point. I definitely agree that we shouldn't, well, depending on the crime committed, whatever, shouldn't like outright cancel people, especially people who are genuinely just trying to learn like what you were doing. I think that's, you know, really awesome. Um, and it is important to, you know, try and have these conversations so that people do understand. So there are, I, hopefully, majority of people who genuinely just don't know and want to understand, and that's great. But there are a faction of people who just, like, don't care. Like, the whole J.K. Rowling thing. Like, she's so anti-trans, and people were trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, but she just kept hammering it on. And it's just like, all right, we're done. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Some people yeah. just aren't going to, you're right. You aren't, you're not going to get them. And it's just, yeah. that's a shame, uh, but we got to move forward. And, you know, we can't do all that heavy lifting to get people on board who just aren't going to come along. But yeah, I think there are a lot of people in the middle who are like, they would, they would support it. They would come along. But like the gender thing is just so it's so foreign to so many people because the way I say about it now is like everything has become binary now. It's like, you're either this or you're that. You're pro-gun, you're anti-gun. You're pro-choice, you're pro-life. You're environment, you're not. But I go, except gender. That's the one thing that was always binary that's become like 57 different things that people built their whole life. They're like, oh my God, like I can't, I'm just trying, I'm, wait, there's more genders and now there are, it's like, no, not now there are. They always have been. Always been. We're just right. now acknowledging it, but it's blowing their minds and they're just going, and there's nowhere for them to get good information. Because when they ask the question, they get shut down. Well, you shouldn't even ask that. You're dead name this person. I, what's dead naming? I don't, they just, they're out. They don't know. And uh, Patrice, Patrice O'Neill, the comic had done such a great, rest in peace, had done such a great bit about how, he's like, nobody told me, man. Like when uh, I didn't learn how to type. So now everything's typing. People didn't tell me that like, if you didn't know how to type, you're just out. You're just out of society. Like if you can't type, you're done. And it was just such a beautiful, like you're right. Like everybody communicates now with text. It was just texting and all that kind of stuff. So he, he wasn't able to keep up. It was a great example though of like, if you just can't keep up, but you're trying, those yeah. are the people you got to feel their heart and go, they're trying. But you're right, Aisha, 100%. If they're just like, if they're just being defensive and it, willfully ignorant, that's the difference. Ignorance is you don't know. Willfully ignorant is you don't care. And we got to get to the people who are ignorant, who just don't know and want to know versus the people who are willfully ignorant. Well, they can go screw. Right. Well, I, uh, you guys made some, you know, really great points. I think when it, you know, comes down to like, again, meeting people on dates, something you said, Rajiv, you know, clicks for me, which is the fact that the idea that we are all ambassadors and even on dates, you know, sometimes some people might let the wrong thing slip out of their mouth and maybe they do believe something uh, unintentionally 
um, or not as uh, negatively motivated as we might think. And so they might say something stupid or, again, might make a microaggression. And while I don't think it's our job to educate people, I think it's okay for us to kindly or nicely at first kind of point it out like, hey, you know, this, um, give them a chance and space to maybe rectify and and fix that situation so that, you know, the this idea that we are, you know, it sounds very silly, but it's that old thing of, uh, you know, two negatives don't make a positive. And if, if there's a pile of shit there, what are you going to add more pile, you know, more shit to the pile kind of thing. So when we walk away from a date, we have an opportunity as an ambassador at the very least to maybe plant a seed in somebody so that maybe it's not the right person for you, but you could plant a kind seed, let them go off. And maybe I feel like there is a better chance of them thinking about that again. Um, but just human nature becomes that when we're on a date and or any situation, really, and if somebody attacks us or um, comes at us really hard, it makes us defensive and we just shut off. I mean, I'm always uh, trying to come at them hard and plant a seed. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, man, you got to, you got those 14 minutes to work that. <laughs> you got to, yeah, you got the time to disconnect. No, it's, it's, I think when people also like on a, on a date, and, and like you're saying, I mean, I, I remember talking to this woman and, you know, eventually I think I called her a couple times and then she left me a voicemail and she just said, hey, look, we went out once or twice. I think I called her twice over the course of like maybe two weeks. It wasn't anything crazy. But she left me a voicemail just saying, hey, you know what? It was great meeting you. We went out a couple times and I'm just going to end it right here. I, I, I'm not interested in going forward, but thanks. Uh, thanks. You know, really had a great time. Wish you best of luck. And I remember thinking and I told so many people about that. I was like, I respected her so much. Like I almost cried from that message. So I'm like, thank you for being so direct. Thanks for just laying it out there. You know, it wasn't mean, it wasn't cruel, but she shut it down. She wasn't interested. And I think that that's like, thank you. I, I, I'm, I, I was so happy with that because instead of playing games and whatever, and like, did she get the message? But what, dude, first of all, she always got the message. Don't worry about it. She got it. But also it's like, did you get the message? Like, she's not interested in you. And it's like, hey, if you really, I really liked her. It's like, hey, I don't think two phone calls over the course of two weeks is anything crazy or anything stalkerish. It's like, that's fine. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, just let it go. But like you're saying, she left me with a feeling of, I felt good. Like I was rejected, but I felt good about that, how that interaction went. And to your point, just to wrap it up, I think it's more, people are nervous on dates. That you're not, you're not kicking it with your homies. You're nervous. So you might say the wrong thing. And I know he's canceled, but Louis C.K. did a great bit about how men don't know that they're in there. He's like, a man has five different personalities on a date. Like he's trying all sorts of stuff. And at some point, the woman has made a decision. Oh, that was pretty good. He's going to F me later tonight. Like the woman makes a decision sometime of the night. It's like, okay, if he plays his cards right, he's in there. And yet he has no idea. He's still trying all this shit. Like what he has no idea he's already in. And it's so great because because women generally in, in, a, in a cisgendered traditional, you know, home, or heterosexual relationship, there is that idea that man doesn't know. And some comic did about bit about that where it's just like, women know how the date's going to end. The man doesn't know. The woman yeah. knows how the date's going to end. <laughs> like, that's such a power dynamic. That's the one time, one of the few times where women actually have like the upper hand. So it's kind of great for y'all. <laughs> well, on that note, Thank you so much, Raji, for being on this episode today and like, you know, letting us have a really 
a fun uh, and interesting discussion on some of these hot topics on dates. Um, you're not completely done. We do a segment called Six Questions with all of our guests. Um, so, Rajiv, are you ready for your six questions? I am ready. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, Rajiv, here are six questions. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? Shoes. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what is one deal breaker? Smoking. What turns you on? Smoking. No. Okay. <laughs> what turns me on uh, when she laughs at my jokes? That's a good one. What is one strength and one weakness in a relationship? Like, what are your strengths and weaknesses in relationships? Mine personally? Yeah. One of them. I'd say I'm a really good communicator. I'd say the weakness is I have a temper. I have a little bit of an anger kind of thing. So that's something I got to keep in, keep in, keep in check. <laughs> What's your sign? I'm a Pisces. Mm. Oh, that's odd. Okay. Yeah, you just got rage, boo. <laughs> I know. Pisces men is crazy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I I'll didn't know that. <laughs> I think I would know that. He's just like, note it, note it. <laughs> Angry fish over here. <laughs> um, Rajiv, what is love? Love is an intense feeling of caring. That's what it is. It's you care so much about the person. It's hard to do a word and another word. Like, what's another word for leadership? It's like, you can unpack it, but there's not another word for leadership. There's not another word for love. But if you had to pick one other word that's just dialed up to a 10, it's care. And... Uh... Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? It's a little more than three words, but it was someone nope, once told you me. You only live, get three. You live Everybody your values. Everybody tries to con that, us out of these three. That's, that's the closest I get was you li- I had an ex tell me you live your values. And I was like, wow, that that was a high compliment. Someone says you, you live, live your values. values. That's pretty good. Huh? You live values. That's what we'll go with. You live, yeah. But that could be somebody else's values. But yeah, <laughs> you, li- you live Stalin's values. You do a great job. <laughs> you live your values. I don't know. But yeah, sure. You live values. How about that? There you go. Love it. Uh, thank you, Rajiv, so much for being on the show. How can everyone find you um, and all your stuff? They can find me at Funny Indian on the gram. That's probably the best way to catch me is at Funny Indian. But thank you so much for having me on, Aisha and Natasha. It was a great conversation. And thanks for allowing me to be me. I I felt like I was authentic. I felt I said some things that not everybody's going to love, but I think that's the beauty of it. (laughs) Hey, I say a lot of shit on this show. It's all good. I just talked about how nobody really lasts over 11 minutes in sex. So it's okay. Um, Aisha, where can everyone find you on social media? You guys can find me at Aisha Says Dance everywhere. Um, I am uh, at kind of, wait, no, what am I saying? Wait, pause <laughs> that. I like had a brain fart as I was talking. Um, we are at kind of dating across the board. Um, I'm also on social media at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Thank you so much, friends, for downloading this episode. If you could please tell a friend and rate and review us, we would be so grateful. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kinda Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. 
Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kinda Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and K. Daniel Ellis.